This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Five bucks a month. You get a bonus episode, mm-hmm. ad-free episodes, all that good stuff. Let me give a shout out to some of our more recent supporters. Tenacious B. Yeah. Erica M. Doncor L. Corinne P. Or Karen P. Sa- Saima M. Gary N. Gerald B. Parvish C. N. Tim V. Thank you for your support. Uh, really quick, Parvish. Parvish Chena is a uh, a friend of my husband's from high school, a former Naperville gentleman who has been a guest on this show and is an actor who you. 100% recognized from a zillion things. He was on Superstore. He's on the new Courtney Cox show, which is called, I want to say Night Vale, but that might just be that podcast. Um, he's He was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's like the fun, quirky brown friend. I like it. Um, he's the best. But anyway, I was do- going through yesterday. Fine. I'm so sorry, everybody. You're all getting stickers in the mail if you've signed up in the last year. I've been like <laughs> panic delaying it month by month for, for, for months. Um, but I was going through and I saw his name and I texted her. I was like, I am so flattered and grateful that you're supporting our weird, dumb show after you were like <laughs> a guest. That feels cool. Anyway, um, thank you. Go check out whatever he's in. Yeah, one time <laughs> I was trying to book a flight in the middle of a business meeting and I opened the Southwest website and his fucking face is right there because he was in an <laughs> ad campaign for Southwest. It's very hard to do. That's how you know you made it. Yeah, Just exactly. random sites. It's, <laughs> hard to go anywhere without seeing Parvesh pop up. <laughs> um, he's a joy. I'm very grateful that he helped us out. Remember, you can also listen to this podcast on YouTube if it's not <laughs> censored or taken what? down because I had to talk about Silverman on some show. Oh, yeah. What <laughs> happened with that? Is it back Still up? being appealed. Huh. Will I'm waiting. Huh. Um, <laughs> with that, huh, huh, huh. let's start uh, with the Supreme Court nomination hearing because that took a religious turn as of course it did can we quickly talk about how i got a uh, push notification that clarence thomas is in the hospital and i screamed to my best friend's mom who i haven't seen in 20 years oh my god clarence thomas is gonna die and we all drank see i my first thought was mm, not gonna happen nope nope i'm Hi. not i'm not thinking it not getting like four hours i got a push alert that he's out of the hospital and i again swore very yeah, loudly like, no he's immortal yeah, and his wife is a monster. Mm-hmm. I don't think we no we. I don't think I realize like how much of a monster she was. What surprises me about the fact that she's texting the chief, former chief of staff, about January sixth uh-huh. is like, yeah, this is what she does. She works with right wing extremist groups. Uh-huh. Like I'm assuming they discuss all the stuff that goes on in their lives at home. Sure, and like they're basically the same person. One of them's on the Supreme Court. One of them's working with right wing extremists. And this has been documented and known for decades now. And I don't know. It seemed like this week a lot of people found out about that for the first time, and I cannot believe that because that's the only that's my knowledge of. Ginny Thomas. It's of yeah. I that's who she. That's what she does. Do the rest of you not know this? It's been a conflict of interest for like decades, and no one cares anymore. No. And yet the thought was like, imagine if like I don't know, Katanji Brown Jackson's husband once texted Hillary Clinton's friends mm-hmm. like Donald Trump stole the election yeah, from her. Back on what the hell do you think the reaction would be? But you know what? Who cares? Not who cares. In their mind, who cares? Right. Yeah, there's going to be a reaction. There's going to be a public outcry. Is They're still going to get their like agenda through, and they're not going to face 
and, any kind and of And this is why the Clarence Thomas news that he's in the hospital this week, I'm like, no, I'm not thinking about it. Doesn't matter. You tell me when something happens. Otherwise, this is a distraction because I mean, nothing has happened. He wasn't even like zooming in on things and like, oh, I was. Let me put it this way. I, I didn't get my hopes anywhere. Did they the, didn't move. Did the Trump Trump thing burn you? Which one? When he got COVID on my birthday. And then he, no. And then he no. decided not to die like a real dick. Amused by the hypocrisy of the anti-vaxxer COVID, like yeah. anti-COVID Trump getting, yeah. sure. But I'm like, yep, that's about it. I mean, I'll, I'll just take that as it is, but I'm not, nope, I don't have any reason to be optimistic about anything. So I, you tell me when something good happens. Yeah. Don't tell me the path along the way. Same way I feel about like, is Trump going to get arrested for, no, he's not. <laughs> Stop giving me updates on the cases. It doesn't matter. But if something happens, matter. you people can tell me. Don't you think it matters no, that like it, people are actually no, investigating no. these things They're and not, it's not just, just nothing's going to happen. So again, tell me if something happens, news people. Uh, I don't need every blow by blow because none of it ever seems to make a difference. Like a Nebraska yeah. congressman just got uh, like charged with fraud or some shit like that for what it doesn't matter because nothing's gonna happen so do i need to know that he got charged with something Mm -hmm. nope tell me when he's out of congress or something otherwise doesn't matter um i was hanging out with my brother oh oh my god my nephew was born (laughs) hey happy aunt day thank you owen thomas he's happy and healthy he was three weeks early um he also was um like pike positioned in my sister-in-law's body that so sounds like painful. his butt was in her pelvis and his hands and feet and head were like up in her ribs mm-hmm. kind of a mess but anyway they're both happy and healthy good, safe and, and well good. and the only thing one of the reason i brought it up is i've been seeing my brother a lot lately and every time i see him he makes fun of josh holly's signature and <laughs> it's just like this really petty thing that he grabbed onto because he also has terrible handwriting. Have you seen Josh Holly's signature? I'm trying to think of it. I've um, seen Madison Cawthorn's signature that looks like a kindergartner. Oh, maybe learning that's to write who it, it is. I get those time. two guys. Okay. That, that's who it is. Then he's like, it looks like an eighth grader. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. signing his like cursive license. Yes, that's Cawthorn. Um, it's just really funny and yeah. petty. And anyway, I'm sorry I delayed us. Keep going. It's all good. Uh, back to Katanji Brown Jackson. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so good. Looks like she'll be confirmed. That's all well and good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the thing to bring up here, at least as it relates to church-state separation stuff, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the conversation, conversation, the, the yelling she got from <sighs> Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, because here's the conversation that I'm going to Do you think uh, Lindsey Graham talk. is worse than Ted Cruz? Uh, he's performative. Ted Cruz believes this shit. Uh, Lindsey oh, Graham plays the part. Oh, I see. Because uh, he can turn it on or turn it off depending on... He's like, His oh, audience. Supreme Court hearing? I guess I will turn on the like nasty, horrible dude vibe. Uh-huh. Um, and then when he's like, oh, no one likes Trump? All right, well, Trump is going to lead us down a bad path. None of this matters. Gotcha. Uh, Graham is flexible. Ted Cruz believes this and is a horrible person. Right. Anyway, uh, Graham is like, oh, so uh, what faith are you, by the way? Which doesn't matter, but she answered that she's Protestant, non-denominational. Okay, could you fairly judge a Catholic? And basically her response is, yeah, the hell are you talking about? How important is your faith to you? And at some point she brings up, 
as you know, there's no religious test in the Constitution, and there will be none with me, says Lindsey Graham, before asking her even more questions about her faith. Oh, my God. Um, And basically, he goes through this line of, I mean, here's the most egregious one. On a scale of 1 to 10, how faithful would you say you are in terms of religion? The look she gives him. The looks... (laughs) That you she know she's him, given a gazillion white dudes. Yeah, ma- like here's here's the thing about. He also asked, "Did you do you attend church regularly?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing about Jackson. She uses silence in a way that I have truly never seen anybody master before. And I'm not like I'm not being because sarcastic. her facial facial gestures it's give it away. E- or it's not even that. It is just she is so deeply in control of herself yeah. and in the of the room yeah. that she is like, I will take as fucking long as I need to to digest the asinine question you just <laughs> asked me and try to come up with something. That is a, a, a response that sounds like an intelligent thing. You know what I mean? And also, like the way, the, like the way. I it's mean, like, imagine our the lessons. Racist, and yeah. she's just like, like, bro, what are you? What are we? And I mean, understand that the lessons, the the uh, education she got before taking that seat for the confirmation hearings is basically. You're going to want to respond. You're going to want to push back and say something back to them. Whatever we're all thinking in our heads, you're thinking it too. Nope. Just shut your mouth. Don't make an issue of it. Let them do their thing. Mm -hmm. You just answer as well as you can. Mm -hmm. Let's move on from this. And she did. And we are. And like, it should be fine. But man, the the, the (laughs) idea that you don't get to actually say what you want to say back to them because that's what they want. Right. You can't give it to them. But I bring all this up. So why did Lindsey Graham ask her all these personal religious questions? And first of all, let me say, with her, the last time we talked about her a couple of weeks ago when mm-hmm. she was nominated by Joe Biden, she said this thing about, like, I, um, I, I can only get where I am today. Anyone, she said, can get to where you are today because of faith. She said something like that. Okay. And she said, my life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. And I thought, like, look, if it was a personal thing, you came here because of your faith. Yeah. All right, whatever. But I interpreted that as, like, nope, all of us can only get to somewhere successful with faith. Okay, whatever. Uh, I thought wait, the answer is... no, I'm not going to let you go with that. We had this discussion already weeks ago. You uh. didn't let it go then either. But the answer she gave to Lindsey Graham, fantastic down the line, where she did say, well, I'm Protestant, non-denominational, but also why the hell are you asking me this? I'm paraphrasing. No. (laughs) (laughs) But she gave great answers where she's like, it doesn't matter what my faith is. She said, like, I am a religious person, but also it doesn't matter. Of course, I'll judge everyone fairly. Mm -hmm. Her answers were really good. Um, I forgot who said this uh, online, but when she was asked on a scale of one to 10, how faithful would you say you are? Um, She'd say none, none your business. (laughs) If only she could. And she didn't answer. She said, Senator, I'm reluctant to talk about my faith in this way. I mean, there were atheists who were like, I mean, had she said 10, that would be fine because she's allowed to be religious. But also if she said one, that would also be fine. And her answer was, I'm not answering that and question. What qu- is, what answer was he looking for? And like, what happens next? So what's what the was purpose he of his questioning? He wasn't teeing her up. He was no? basically, here's my best faith interpretation of the game he was trying to play. He said, oh, you don't like these 
questions about religion? Are they a little personal? Well, guess what, Democrats? All of you did this to Amy Coney Barrett, and that's why I'm doing it. And if you don't like it, well, guess what? You shouldn't have liked it back then either. That is the game he was trying to play. He said, you all asked religious questions to Amy Coney Barrett. How dare you? That was unfair. So I'm going to do it back at your candidate. Here's the problem with that logic, because that is what he was trying to do. He doesn't actually care about her religious faith. I did not that at all. Here's what he's talking about. In 2017, when Amy Coney Barrett was a nominee to become a federal judge, to become a federal judge, not on the Supreme Court, she was basically, she she had to go through the same type of confirmation hearing, though less attention. Mm -hmm. And the Judiciary Committee pointed out that as a professor or a law student or whatever, she had written at least one paper where she basically talked about what happened. She was at Notre Dame Catholic school. Mm -hmm. There was a, she wrote a paper, co-authored a paper where she said, what happens if you're a Catholic judge and you have to decide a death penalty case? Mm -hmm. Catholic church opposes the death penalty Mm -hmm. by rule. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in that position? And basically, they talked about, you know, what are the options you have on the table? You could recuse from the case. You could obviously just say, no, I'm not going to do it. And it wasn't so much she's taken a position on it, but she did write the paper. And the reason that's important is because here's someone saying, if you have a religious belief, Mm -hmm. how do you square that with what the law says you're supposed to do or allowed to do or whatever? So when she's at that confirmation hearing to become a federal judge, Democrats rightly asked her, well, tell us about when you think religion versus the law. If those two things might be in conflict, how do you decide what wins? The only right answer, by the way, is you go with what the law says. It doesn't matter what your religious beliefs are, which, by the way, is eventually what she said uh, mm-hmm. Amy Coney Barrett. It's also what Katanji Brown Jackson said. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what my personal beliefs are. I'm following the law. Yeah. There's precedent, whatever. Fine. But there was reason to believe because Amy Coney Barrett had written about it. Right. Hey, we have questions right. about this. And also we're concerned about like, how do you deal with abortion in that case? Cause we know what the Catholic church says about abortion. Is that going to come into play for you? And of course at the time, I think she said, well, no, I'm going with what the law says. It doesn't matter what my personal <laughs> beliefs are. Clearly that turned Except out to be you're a the lie. One making the law. So I think right. your personal beliefs matter greatly. Yeah, who sets precedent? The Supreme court gets so, to set the precedent. And I'll just finish this up yes. by saying, So that's what Amy Coney Barrett did. The problem with that whole line of questioning is that at one point in there, Dianne Feinstein, the very, very old Democratic senator, please retire while you have a Democratic governor there. But at one point uh, she was bringing up the abortion versus the law. What are you going to do, Amy Coney Barrett? And she said this stupid line an artful line Mm -hmm. about how the dogma lives loudly within you. Suggesting that I'm worried that your faith is going to take precedence over the law when it comes to abortion things. Mm -hmm. But she didn't say that. She made it sound like I'm against you because you're religious. That's what the right wing, that's how the right spun that. So So, a clumsy but good faith question has been manipulated into this bad faith. So by the time Amy Coney Barrett's up for the Supreme Court and you have three minutes to ask your questions because that's how long she was nominated for that position... Um, of course, Republicans are like, these Democrats here hate you because you're a woman of faith. No, they don't. 
They're questioning whether she can ever set aside her faith if the law required it. But that's the game they played with Amy Coney Barrett. They wouldn't allow Democrats, basically, to Mm -hmm. ask questions about her faith. Or they always spun it as, see, they're anti-faith. Right. So, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, up for nomination, has her confirmation hearing. What does Lindsey Graham do? I'm going to ask you uncomfortable questions about your religion. Oh, you don't like me asking you to rank your devout, your devoutness on a scale, devotion on a scale of one to 10. Well, guess what? Democrats, you did the same thing. They didn't. He's very stupid. Yes. But that's the, oh, that was just infuriating to watch and see. I thought she handled it really well, but uh, man, that was, that pissed me off. I just listened to an episode of, um, this day in esoteric political history where they talked about the history of gerrymandering. Uh-huh. And it's really uh, taking a lot of the shine off the apple in terms of is anything ever going to change? Because do you know when gerrymandering happened? The first instance? Do you know when it was coined? Oh, man, I forgot how old that guy was or when that guy lived. Uh, no, I don't know. Like the early 19th century. Okay. This is not like gerrymandering is not a 21st 200 century. Years ago, yeah, sorry, like, yeah, like literally within the... Fa- it was like... The, within the founding fathers era, they're like, and it was because the governor was named Jerry and yeah. the district he drew looked like a salamander and they called it gerrymandering. I think his name was Gary and That's it should the be gerrymandering. That's yeah. the other thing they said. I wonder how that, uh, <laughs> that happened. Anyway, I, I, that's all just to say that I've really, uh, I'm feeling pretty cynical and sad about the state of the world. This is an actual headline I saw on a Christian website this week. Oh boy. Will we ever see an evangelical on the Supreme Court? <laughs> You're kidding me. Uh Uh-uh. You're absolutely fucking kidding me. (laughs) Because because that's what we're lacking in our government, right? Not enough Christians of the right kind. And of course, there was a part at the end of the article that said... Yeah, there are no evangelicals on the court, but honestly, evangelicals don't care because the conservative Catholics yeah. and conservative Protestants on the court do our bidding for us. Yeah, they line up <laughs> when... Uh... So it, no one's no one's worried about this one, <sighs> but the fact that it was a question, I'm like, have you met anyone outside of your bubble ever? Oh my God, <laughs> it's so exhausting. Oh. What next? What next? Okay, this is small potatoes, but it... Bug the hell out of me, so I'll talk about it. I see IRS. That's exciting. It's IRS. So we're about to land on a list. uh, Joshua Feuerstein, that that uh, preacher who hated Starbucks cups and stuff. One of his grifts. He looks like Fred Durst in my head. Is with the backward baseball cap making vertical videos. He doesn't do that anymore. He got better equipment somehow. Um, Now he makes videos with his wife where they talk about uh, how devoted they are to each other and how your marriage can be just like their marriage which is the thing everyone was clamoring for. Uh, In the bonus episode, we're going to talk about a podcast I listened to called Twin Flames, um, and it is in that same neck of the woods. Go ahead. So uh, a while back, Feuerstein and a few other people started what they called Patriot Church, which is, I mean, very literally a Christian nationalist church that doesn't even try to hide it. It's It's MAGA church. I just really hope that on their crucifix they put, like, an American flag do-rag on <laughs> Jesus's head, like yeah. over the crown of thorns. I just think that'd be a nice, I wouldn't put nice it past touch. them. <laughs> um, but in the, this particular case, there happens to be a Patriot church in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's run by a guy named Ken Peters, who is a friend of Feuerstein. Okay. Um, but basically last Sunday, Ken Peters, uh, this is, I gather not a huge church, but you know, they have enough people to form 
something called a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's given a sermon. And at the very beginning of it, he basically says, uh, you know, before I get started with my sermon, I'm paraphrasing here, he, I'm going to turn the pulpit over for five minutes uh, to a guy who's running for office. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think he would be great. I think he, I'm endorsing him. And then he said, I'm going to quote this, um, we have a guest who's running for office. Now, in case you're thinking, whoa, you're not allowed to endorse candidates at church. You're at the wrong church. What? This is Patriot Church. We endorse whoever we want to endorse. And you're like, well, what about your 501c3? I'll keep talking here. Well, two things here. Number one, I had a 501c3 in Spokane. That never stopped me, okay? But when we started this church here in Tennessee, we are not a 501c3, so oh. we can do whatever the, he literally pauses, we can do whatever the we want, whatever we want. We're a free church. Feels good to be free. Now, the 501c3 never stopped me, but at least I don't even have to think about it now. We're a 5081a, which is in the IRS code. It's totally awesome and cool. That's a direct quote. Totally it's awesome totally and cool. awesome and cool. We're a free church, so we do endorse He's candidates. 5081A? Yeah. I Let's, hope you're going to tell un- what that yeah. is. Thank Let's you. unpack all of this. Have you ever seen the movie Teen Witch? <laughs> no. Uh, there's a part where like a 14-year-old girl raps, and she goes, I don't give a... But she does the same thing of yeah. like, I don't give a... Yeah, yeah. And that guy and is that almost as cool as the 1980s film Teen Witch. <laughs> so that. here's the deal. Any 501c3 nonprofit group, we're talking your Planned Parenthood, NRA, name your nonprofit. Oh, is that what that is? Um, and churches get categorized along with them because you're not here, theoretically, to make money. You're here to advance a cause or provide a service. Right. And we like that. We want to reward it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay taxes mm-hmm. in uh, in exchange for that, nonprofits have to tell the government, here's how much money we took in, right. here's how much our top officers and staffers get paid, um, things like that that seem perfectly logical in exchange for not having to pay taxes like everyone else. Churches, by the way, don't have to tell the government how much money they make or where that money is going or how much their pastors get paid because Jesus. Mm. Like there have been lawsuits saying why do churches get not ha- why do places of worship not have to tell the government all these things? Why do they get these special rules? Good question. There's no good answer to that. But okay. that's the way it is right now. What this guy is saying is, you know, at my old church, 501c3s were not allowed to endorse candidates, which right. is true. If you're a nonprofit group, you cannot say, even the NRA, even Planned Parenthood, cannot say we want you to vote for this mm-hmm. candidate. What they can do is say, here are candidates who support what we stand for. Mm-hmm. They can do that. They could say, here's what we stand for. Some groups will say, here's a scorecard of how every candidate uh, feels or voted yeah. on our issues. So they can point you in the direction. They just can't tell you, you got to vote for this person. Mm-hmm. And if they do they risk losing their tax-exempt status. And it's so little to ask. It's so little to ask. So little to ask. And churches, by the way, they don't like the fact that they're prevented from doing this. So a lot of conservative, Christian, mostly evangelical churches have purposely endorsed candidates from the pulpit, sent the video directly to the IRS saying, come after us, take away our tax exemption, because when you do, if you do, we will sue you because we want to take this to court Mm -hmm. because we want to be able to do whatever we want. We want to have our cake, eat it too, all that stuff. We want to be tax exempt. 
and we don't want you telling us what we can or cannot do in church. So this is a fight they've been wanting to take on. By the way, in the 20, 30-year history of this sort of action, Mm -hmm. I think the IRS has taken away literally one tax-exempt status from a church that was so overboard, and that was like 20-some years ago. And they just haven't done it. I think the Freedom From Religion Foundation sued, saying, do your effing job. And the IRS said, drop the lawsuit. We will do our job. And FFRF basically said, fine. Like, that's all we want. Mm -hmm. Just do your job. Yeah. And guess what? All these churches are still doing it. Okay, so there's your backdrop Mm -hmm. for what's going on here. So this dude. How does the Johnson Amendment? Johnson Amendment is basically that rule that says, in exchange, you can't endorse a candidate. Donald Trump said for years, "I'm, I'm getting rid of that exemption. You can endorse whoever you want. And by the way, a lot of progressive churches, a lot of non-evangelical churches said, please don't. We don't want to become a political thing. We are outside of politics. Um, So there were plenty of religious groups that said, no, we're fine with the rules as they are. Mm -hmm. um, Because the government's not interfering with what we preach. We know that. And we don't. And of course, the evangelicals are like, no, we're censored. It's like, buddy, you're not. Uh, You could preach your hate speech if you want do it. Nobody's no stopping one, you. No one's stopping you. Anyway, so this guy, Ken Peters, mm-hmm. Patriot Church, mm-hmm. says, I am going to endorse a candidate. Why? Because I'm not a 501c3. And by the way, even if I was, I would do it anyway. So one okay. saying, I did break the rules in my old church. Over here, I'm going to break the rules. Be- but then he adds, but I'm not because we're not a 501c3. So what is this thing he's talking about? A 508 one. thing. Yeah. Here's basically what he's talking about. It's a rule that's another benefit for churches that says if you started a nonprofit group, well, you have to tell the IRS, hey, we want to start this nonprofit group. Can you declare us a nonprofit group? so that we are tax exempt, so that our donors know that if you donate to us, you mm-hmm. could write that off on your taxes, mm-hmm. win for the donors, win for us as a group. Mm-hmm. But you got to fill out some paperwork and the IRS has to approve it. I once was involved in the founding of a nonprofit group. And part of the thing is like, we're all on board. We have all our ducks in a row, but we kind of just had to sit and wait for the IRS to say, yep, you're yeah. good. Move on with whatever it is you want to do. We had to wait a several months for that to happen. So this guy, the, the 508 rule, which technically, by the way, 508C1A, it's not the thing he said. He's too dumb to realize that. Ah. But the 508 rule says if you're a church, you don't have to file that paperwork. By the nature of just being a house of worship, you are automatically given nonprofit status. You don't even have to do the work of filling out a form. Mm -hmm. So in this idiot's mind, he says, well, I didn't fill out a form to tell the IRS we're a nonprofit church when we started this place. So I'm free of their restrictions because we fall under this 508 rule. What he's saying is. I didn't fill out paperwork and we're a nonprofit. I'm good and I'm not obligated to do anything for the government. But here's the thing. doesn't feel necessarily correct. No. The actual rule. does not feel like he did his due diligence The actual rule says if you're a 508 rule, if you're a religious house Uh of worship, you are a nonprofit group. That is what the rule 508 thing says. But also what that means is, well, then you still have to obey all the rules of nonprofits. You just didn't have to ask us for permission first. But either way, it doesn't matter because the IRS isn't going to do anything about it anyway. That's a separate issue, but yes. Now, here's the problem for him. Mm. He thinks he can endorse a candidate. He cannot because he's still under the 
the rules of the 501c3. Uh-huh. Here's the other thing. If you donate to his church, your donations you are off. not tax exempt because here's the thing. If your church doesn't have nonprofit status, oh. well, you are not a tax exempt church. Sure. So if any of his donors said on their taxes, well, we donated and we're deducting this from our taxes yeah. and the IRS decided to audit them, it's the burden of responsibility is on the donors to say we donated to a tax exempt church. Now you have to do all the work because the IRS never said this is a tax exempt church. So the fallout is going to be like on the, the donors. Of the donors. On the donors. Cool, he's dude. putting his congregation in jeopardy because he thinks he skirted the law. Just like Jesus did. And he hasn't, and he's too dumb to realize it. Mm-hmm. He just thinks we're a mega church. We can get away with anything. And the and like you said. The problem is I worry he might be able to get away with it. Just today, though, we're taping this on Friday, March 25th. Just today, uh, I believe the Freedom From Religion Foundation literally sent a letter to the IRS saying, hey, IRS, go look at this church. They just said they're breaking your rules. So go do something about it. And? And they sent the letter today. We'll see. Sorry for getting in the weeds, but that is the sort of thing they're trying to do. And it's weird and annoying. Let's <laughs> go to Hillsong because this is actually oh, a huge deal. Hillsong. And it doesn't get the, I don't think it gets a lot of attention because it's like an Australian based church. It's sure. probably one of, if not the largest evangelical megachurch in the world. Mm-hmm. Tons of affiliates. This is the Hillsong Church is a global megachurch based in Australia, but they have affiliates in like New York City. And that was one that Justin Bieber attended. Yes, yes, yes. Like, it's the one that uh, attracts uh, celebrities. And they had Carl Lentz was the pastor there. And then he went through moral failures. Uh-oh. Uh, that moral was a while, failures? a while back. He had to resign because he was cheating on people. Um, and there were also, a, there was a Dallas affiliate where their husband-wife team that led that church committed financial and leadership failures. They had to resign. I think just this God. week, another dude was accused of, like, sexual wrongdoing from a different affiliate. He resigned. Um, there was a COVID-related death of a church member who was an anti-vaxxer, and that was a big deal. 60 Minutes Australia documented... Um, allegations of sexual abuse by Hillsong leaders that were so egregious that the reporter of 60 Minutes Australia said the church was guilty of, quote, indifference to the victim's suffering so heartless it would surely make Jesus weep. Holy shit. There is a, um, you might have to Google this right now, but I think there is a documentary maybe on Showtime about Hillsong, like a documentary that takes place place over several episodes. Uh, Let Hope Rise? Uh, that sounds about right. What uh, documentary musical? Does that sound Definitely right? not a musical. Check it. No, it's new. It hasn't aired yet, but it's oh, going to air in a couple of weeks about Hillsong documenting all the shit that goes down there. All I say all that to oh, point Hillsong, out. Oh, Hillsong, mega church exposed. That sounds that more, sounds like, more what, like it. what we'd be interested in. So that's airing soon, too. So all of this is to say, there's just, it's the biggest, most powerful church in the country in the world mm-hmm. one of them and also by the way they have their music arm that produces a ton of christian music that is sung at churches across the world as well mm. and the guy who started it the founder of the church that guy at the center of it all is thomas a, hillsong no 
Brian Houston is the guy's name. I forgot where the Hillsong name came from, but Brian Houston's the guy who started this place. You just take two nice words and smush them together. (laughs) Yeah. Tall Oaks. And here's the reason. Lone Pine. Yes. Here's the reason he's at the center of this firestorm as well. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out, uh, I forgot if his father's, his father may have started the church. Mm -hmm. His father's dead now, died a while ago. But back last year, Police in Australia, they arrested Brian Houston, arrested this guy. Why? Because they said, you knew your father committed child sexual abuse. You knew about it. You did not report it. Your father's dead. We can't do anything with him. But you knew about it. He told you about it. You did not report it to authorities. told him about it? Yeah. The story is that Frank Houston allegedly sexually abused a boy in the 1970s. Mm. Brian Houston apparently learned about this in 1999, uh, learned about the allegation. Okay. Frank Houston, on his deathbed in 2004, confessed, yeah, it's true, I did do all that stuff. And then he's dead. And what did Brian Houston do about all of this in the intervening time? Nothing. He didn't tell people, he didn't tell the police, like, hey, that was accurate, and he is obligated to report this sort sure. of thing. And, and I'm sorry, it, it. it's just the one, alleg- it's not a systemic thing necessarily that we know As far as I know, know one of. dude, okay. but it's a crime. So sure, he, it sounded like he was content to let that secret die with his father. Yeah. But Sounds like a thing Jesus out, would do too. <laughs> turns out the police did know about the confession, and they knew about this stuff, and he didn't report it like he was supposed to, and that's a crime as well, to Good. know about sexual abuse and not report it. Um, yeah. So they arrested him. Except he's for the actually Catholic church, I think. <laughs> he's going on trial later this year. Brian Houston, the, Good. the, the founder of, or the guy behind Hillsong, he's going on trial later this year to deal with the fact that he didn't report this. So big deal. That's a huge problem. You said, I'm sorry, I just yeah. want to get the timeline down. Uh, he, um, the father, um, attacked around. a kid yeah. in the, the 70s. 70s. When would Brian have found out about that? They said he learned about this. In 1999, maybe on his dad's deathbed. No, oh. he, I don't know how we found out. Maybe the allegation became public when the victim spoke out about I it. See. Okay, maybe in 1999, and then the father, who's about to die, says in five years later in 2004, okay. "Yep, it's true." So he's been sitting on this for almost two decades, like, and and knew his and father out, did it, and found out as an adult. It's not like he found out when right. he was four right. and like had to. I, that's what I was right. trying to establish. Knew about it as an adult, should have gone to the police. Yes. Did not. Okay. He's going on trial later this year. So. Everyone now knows this yeah. guy allegedly knew about it, kept his mouth shut. This mm-hmm. is bad. So Brian uh, Houston says, you know what? I'm going to step down as the face of this operation because I got to focus on this trial. Sure. I'm going to do that through 2022. Uh, I'm going to remove myself from the boards of this church and mm. all that. Okay, interesting. Don't want to distract from the message, you know? Right. So last Friday, a week ago, okay. all of a sudden Hillsong Church releases a statement that says... As we're doing some investigations, we found out there were allegations against Brian Houston. Uh oh. Those were that's new information. Oh. And these are not like like, father like son. A little apple doesn't far fall from the tree. So it's not sexual assault allegations. You can see it, you can be it. (laughs) It's more like he broke our ethical policy code. Here's what they said. Here's what the allegations said that they're investigating. They said there were two things, two issues. First issue. I'm going to read this from the statement. Approximately, uh, the first issue was approximately a decade ago and involved inappropriate text messages from Pastor Brian to a member of staff, which subsequently resulted in the staff member resigning. Hmm. 
They did not say this in the uh, statement, but the public now knows this. One of the text messages said, if I was with you, I'd like to kiss and cuddle you or some variation of that. Okay. Sends this to a staff member. She subsequently resigns. Back to the church's statement. At the time, Pastor Brian was under the influence of sleeping tablets, upon which he had developed a dependence. He immediately apologized to the person. We also worked closely with Pastor Brian to ensure he received professional help to eliminate his dependency on this medication, and this was achieved successfully. It's probably like melatonin. He's like, I took a melatonin tablet <laughs> and it just made me cuckoo bananas crazy. And then I took a Benadryl I and have, I don't remember anything after that. I've never heard of the, well, I was taking sleeping pills. So I just started sexting someone well, I mean, who I've I worked, heard, who was, I, who was my employee. Right. Well, what's the one sleeping pill that like Tiger Woods blamed? Um, you know what I mean? I yeah, can't think I can't what it's called. Maybe it's that. It, well, I, they did not say that. And I'm oh, pretty it's sure. it's just completely a cover. Like maybe he was drunk and he's like. That was my like, take on it. Mm, Uh, And then the church says to this former staff member, we again apologize and would welcome the opportunity to provide further assistance if this is needed. Like, mm -hmm. you know, monetary assistance because she had to quit her job because her boss was harassing her. Maybe they can give her like three months severance or something like that while she gets back on her feet. Mm -hmm. Maybe pay for like therapy so she can really help cope with the fact that the person who is supposed to be not just in charge of her workplace, (laughs) but in charge of like an entire community's morality I think she's going to need to work through that a little bit. So, yeah, I would say $100,000 And I'm sure she fair. wants to go back to the church yeah. for that. Yeah, oh, she's itching yeah. to get back. Um, the second issue, uh, this is back to the church's oh, we statement. Oh, the first issue. Mm-hmm. Second issue involved a complaint received in 2019, not a decade ago, 2019. Following an in-depth investigation, it was found that Pastor By Brian... Whom? Uh, by the church. Ah. It was found that Pastor Brian became disoriented after a session at the Hillsong Conference following the consumption of anti-anxiety medication beyond the prescribed dose mixed with alcohol. Zannies? I have no... I think that's the I'm not done yet. Oh. This resulted in him knocking on the door of a hotel room that was not his, entering the room... And spending time with the female occupant. So... (laughs) Just try to wrap your head around the timeline of that. So, my God. So So what you're saying is Overdosed on his meds. Yeah. With alcohol. With booze. Then just randomly started, I guess, knocking on one woman's hotel door. Do we know who this woman is? Um... No, because I I'm gonna. It's not his wife. I'm there you go. Fucking to you that she knew him because no woman in her right mind would let a drunk stoned yeah. dude into her hotel room if she doesn't know him and trust him. They do know who the woman is. Uh, it I don't know who it is, but the point here's what you know. He spent forty minutes in that room, so this wasn't a accidentally knocked on random woman's door. Whoops, and then he leaves. No, he spent forty minutes in there. She has said. Nothing sexual happened, which fine. The concern. Oh, all is it was that, is I had to clean up my sloppy drunk boss. Yeah, right. No problems there. <laughs> 
But again, if you go back to this is a church that harbors the Billy Graham slash Mike Pence rule where you cannot be alone with another woman who's not your wife. Do they now? Yeah. Unless you're on enough Xanax. (laughs) So basically they're saying we don't know what he was doing, but he was in a hotel room with another woman for 40 minutes. And both of them say nothing happened, but also the hell are you doing in there? Also, nothing happened doesn't mean he he didn't attempt to make something happen. I don't know. Like I will tell you this. It's like the Jerry Falwell Liberty University thing. Okay, fine. He may have committed this sort of infraction of the rules, mm-hmm. but if a student did it, they would be expelled. Of course. And at Hillsong, if a lower level staffer did what Brian mm-hmm. Houston did, they would be fired too. But this is the story. They're like, well, remember how we said we successfully cured his medication dependency? Well, guess what? He did it again. Oh, no. And then he randomly wandered into a hotel room for 40 minutes. We don't know what he was doing in there. All of this came out last Friday. All of this. And the board didn't say details. We were left to find out the details later through the press. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the board said, don't worry, though. He's stepping away for the entire year while he thinks about what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we learned a couple of days ago this week, he's resigning. Finally. Oh, now. Um, yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> what happened? It probably doesn't help that this documentary is set to air and they Ooh. just got a ton of new content. Yeah, it looks like it's on Discovery <laughs> Plus. I actually okay. want to look up on Just Watch, the Miracle website. There is a trailer out for the Hillsong documentary, which covers all of these scandals and then some that I'm talking about. But again, I think the bigger takeaway here, it's not that a prominent prominent religious leader happened to be a complete hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that he personally committed the sort of heinous heinous crime that we would associate with like bad actors, Mm -hmm. Catholic priests who molest kids or something like that. Right. This is just, you're a hypocrite. You didn't buy the stuff you were selling to people. Right. The church defended you this Mm -hmm. entire time because that's what the documentary is about. That's what the stories have been about, Mm -hmm. which is... You tell people how to live their lives, but none of you follow those rules. And honestly, how many victims are there? These are just the high-profile stories we're talking about. Um, And you can't expect someone who runs a church, leads a church, you cannot, by default, expect them to do the things they're telling you to do. They don't deserve that assumption of decency Mm -hmm. or right living, right thinking, um, and Hillsong doesn't shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt either, because right. here's what they're going to do. They're going to say, you know, just because they're the pastors, you know, it's not the whole church. No, these are the leaders of the church mm-hmm. who were backed by the administrators and the elders and however. It's really hard to are. call it a few bad apples when the entire tree is rotten. Yes. Yes. And this whole tree is rotting. That's what all these public yeah. stories are about. This yeah. is what they've been trying to distance. Like other pastors, by the way, of this church have been saying like, look, you're going to see a documentary. I just want you to know these are the no, few bad apples. One guy, I don't have it in front of me right now. Another Hillsong affiliate who just started the Hillsong affiliate, I think in Atlanta, oh, uh, uh-huh. like last year. Oh, they're franchising recently. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he just said this week, you guys, I'm quitting and I'm going to start my own church basically because I cannot be associated with Hillsong. It's called Mountain Tune. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing exactly. to do with you. <laughs> He's starting a clone <laughs> church because he doesn't, he, the brand is toxic It's now, toxic. And it's yeah. going to get worse. Also, I can't stop thinking. Of, so I've, um, I've gone on like just a handful of business trips and, and like, you know, real capacity And truly, like, the idea of my boss knocking on my door 
and I should I, say the hotel room woman door that yeah. he knocked down. I don't know if that was an employee or some other woman. Sure, I, I'm I'm assuming it's an employee because, like I said, like I cannot imagine letting a strange man into my hotel room. Um, but just the idea, and like I've gotten. I've gotten inappropriate texts from bosses at inappropriate hours, but the idea of somebody knocking on my door, my hotel room door is so, I don't know why it's really giving me the yucks in a very strong way. It's just such a personal, because when you're traveling on business, you have so little like of your own space if you're with a group. And so like your hotel room is the one place that you're not on and then your fucking boss shows up. Even if nothing happens, that's such a fucking toxic work environment. Or assuming it's the boss or whatever. It just truly makes me, as a woman who has just lived, stayed in a lot of hotel rooms alone, just random men knocking on my door. Are you out of your fucking mind? Golly. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good times at Hillsong. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, since we're talking about hypocrisy, let's talk about Mark <laughs> Robinson. Uh, he's the lieutenant governor of, of North Carolina. Uh, oh, I'm going there in, in a couple months. Yes. Uh, or am I? <laughs> avoid this dude. Um, basically, a Christian right dude, uh, black pastor type. He loves performing and preaching in churches mm-hmm. and basically saying exactly the sort of culture war issues, anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-feminism, yep. Yep. all of that. He's been doing it for the past year. Uh, just to give you a brief resume of his... He said that if we had forced religion in school, like mandatory prayer in public schools, oh we boy. would not have mass shootings. Oh, uh, that's a new one. I've definitely never heard that yep, before. Never, cool ever. and he original. He said transgenderism and homosexuality are filth. He filth. said, yep, he said the trans movement is demonic and full of the antichrist spirit. And he said straight hmm. couples are superior to gay ones. I oh, mean, this is I cannot wait to tell Leon Amanda about yeah, that. This is all in the past like few months um, and again this is current sitting lieutenant governor who i forgot he was lieutenant yeah, governor not a random dude and he <laughs> very the reason he's out there and talking is because everyone pretty much thinks he's gonna run for governor in 2024 when he's able to um and here's what he says about abortion he said this at a speech last summer that if a woman is pregnant it's not her body anymore Meaning yep. no abortions. Like, oh, so he said body. the quiet part out loud? Mm-hmm. Cool. His website for when he was running for lieutenant governor said, as a Christian, Mark will honor the sanctity of life. Here's what none of that shit actually, he's never mentioned this. It's mm-hmm. not on his campaign website. Here's what he didn't seem to tell anyone. Um, he paid for an abortion. What's that? Yep. And he said it publicly back like a decade ago during a Facebook argument. Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. He admitted, holy shit, what the fuck? Keep going, keep talking He had posted something in 2012. This is around when Barack Obama's running for his second term in office. Uh And one of the things Mark Robinson, who was still a conservative Christian culture war dude, said at the time um, is basically... He didn't understand. He asked rhetorically, how can someone praise God while voting for someone? He didn't mention Obama, but he was talking about Obama. While voting for someone who supports marriage equality and abortion. He thought, like, if you're a true Christian, sure. you wouldn't support Obama. Jesus that was his thing. big thing was don't let gay guys get married. That right. was his whole It's the only jam. thing Jesus said. And one, por- one person pointed out, 
Well, abortion isn't a black and white issue because there's nuance. What if someone was assaulted? What if someone, I mean, it's no nuance about, about I don't want to be pregnant. I shouldn't be pregnant. It wasn't that they were basically saying, what if someone gets raped? What if someone gets, uh, or their health may be in jeopardy. So there are times okay. when it might be okay. And here's what Mark Robinson chimes in. This is back before he was in public office for this anything. This is 2012. 2012. And what is he doing now? What's his role in life now? Uh, he's just a personality? He's just a troll on Twitter. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, troll right. on Facebook, I think. Okay. I don't know what he was at the time. He wasn't in politics, right. but I'm he says myself 99% of no. abortions in this country are done on demand, meaning the woman had consensual sex, got pregnant, and does not want to have the child. Dot, dot, dot. I, uh, does he? He didn't. Link to a stat or anything, did he? No, of course not. Oh, okay. Just wondering. He talks about abortion mills. He says, we will feel the wrath of God. And then he says, he turns off the cap. That was all in caps. He turns off the caps lock key and says this. And I'm not on a high horse. I'm not saying abortion is wrong because I said so. It's wrong because God says so. No, he doesn't. It's wrong when others do it. No. And it was wrong when I paid for it to be done to my unborn child in 1989. Which is a weird way to end a comment. Wow. <laughs> so, so all the comments were like, wait, say that last part again. Can so you just I'm, elaborate? What I'm hearing a bit? is there's no ethical abortion except for my abortion. Uh-huh. That's kind of what I'm hearing, but that can't be it because we have shut that shit down a long time ago because it's a terrible argument, right, Hemet? You're not telling me that somebody is actually using. Are people out of their fucking minds? Here's what I get. He didn't say this, but here's what I took away. He is married right now. He has two kids who were born like after the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway from this is, okay, he impregnated somebody in 1989. He was not ready to become a father, did not want to become a father. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, had he become a father, like whatever that was, 30 plus years ago, mm-hmm. he probably okay. would not have been able to get in the door to become the politician he is today. Oh, you're saying right? that uh, an unplanned preg- pregnancy can really throw off your life yes. and it'd be really important to you to and so, do what you had to do? So I don't care that he says it was wrong. I regret it now, whatever. I don't care. But at the time he was like, can't have this happening right now. I'll pay for my partner to get an abortion. And he did. So he knows exactly why people get abortions. Yep. Yep. And yet, yep. He he. After saying all abortions are on demand, he's like, yeah, but I kind of needed one. Yeah. Um. And so this, I had not seen this comment. I've seen so many of his anti-abortion oh, shit. shit, but I hadn't seen that one. That's new. And it's still up, by the way. Really? The comment wasn't just a screenshot someone saved. It's still up on his site, like on Facebook. You could find the comment, which mm-hmm. is surprising to me. So, of course, reporters are like, so, uh, Republicans, what do you have to say? Let me read you. North Carolina GOP spokesman Jeff Moore said the party wouldn't comment because it was, quote, a personal matter. And then a spokesperson for the conservative North Carolina Values Coalition said, we haven't heard his story yet, but what we do know is today, Lieutenant Governor Robinson is genuine in his commitment to protect life. None of them want to touch this friggin' story with a 10-foot pole. It's all like, yeah, I mean, whatever, he did what he did back then, but now no one else gets it. Mark Robinson made the choice 30-some years ago to not have a baby and not become a father. 
I have no idea who his partner was or what her situation was, but he said he paid for this abortion. And guess what? He's now lieutenant governor because he didn't and have he to deal with sure it. he wants to make sure nobody has yes. the ability to make that choice No for one else but him should be allowed to make that decision for themselves. God damn it. And even if you're like, oh, in hindsight, it was wrong, so none of you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like, go fuck yourself. Uh, Democrats, a uh, spokesperson for the North Carolina Democratic Party just... Pointed out very bluntly, everyone needs access to abortion, even Mark Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've, I know we've talked about this before, but if and when abortion gets banned in the states where it's going to be banned, mm-hmm. I promise you, preachers' daughters who need them Ooh, will yeah. be able to get them. Private Rep- jets, baby! <laughs> Republicans with money will have no problem getting the abortions they want to have. It's specifically going to affect poor women, largely women of color, largely women who don't have the options that a lot of these people do who rail against it all the time. Those are the ones who are going to be affected because it's not like the anti-abortion crowd just never gets them. No, they get it quietly Quietly. because they are hypocrites. Quietly Um, uh, and safely. I think more importantly, they get them quietly and safely and they don't give a shit about anybody who is not actually physically related to them. It is almost astounding how how deeply these people do not care about anybody besides themselves. It is it's psychopathic. I I can't there's no other word I can think to describe of like I had to make a difficult decision to make sure my life was going in the direction that I needed it to, but you want to do that? Literally go fuck yourself. I hope you die having that baby. Like, truly, it's just... what It's the Republican way. To what end? To what end is this supposed to be? They say they don't want abortions, and then they complain that, like, ooh, foreigners are having too many babies. Like, buddy, you can't... <laughs> you, you, what do you want here? You can't just order an entire country of people to stop having sex. That's just simply not how the world works, you my dude. You can't even order church summer camps to stop having Fucking sex. Fucking seriously. Like, <laughs> look at... If you can find me any churches who have never paid for an abortion ever, then fucking fine. But I guarantee you any man in power has paid for an abortion because they don't give a shit about women. They didn't care that Donald Trump clearly. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding? They didn't care that he was married three times. They didn't care that his wife accused him of raping him. He didn't, they didn't care that he sexualized his infant daughter Literally, the moment she was born, she was, he was like, I wonder what her tits are going to be like. They're all like, yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> Abortions, that's the problem with America. Mm-hmm. The hatred of women that is held by people on the right is horrifying. Did you see, I don't have this in front of me, but there was a letter from the... Someone finished like 17th at the some swimming championship. Oh, and now everybody's really worried about women well, swimming? Jesus yeah, yeah. fucking Christ, A sport Christ, they didn't people. even... Pay, no existed until this Name week. A but, woman but it's not just the anti-trans people who are complaining. And like yeah. Michael Phelps is like a genetic anomaly. But oh my god! No, that's short totally, legs, long arms, yeah. big chest. I've okay. read the whole article. I'm not getting into all of that. Yeah. But the person who was a 17th place swimmer and got beaten by a trans woman who was swimming is like. Hey, NCAA, uh, that's not fair, you guys. I should have been in the top 16, but I was 17th because you allowed a trans woman to swim. And it's like, you got beaten by friggin' everybody who was competing, but none of that matters. (laughs) Like, do you know how dumb you look when you're the 17th place swimmer at a college meet? 
or at an amateur meet or whatever it was. It's like, is... well, I'm just gonna complain about like <laughs> the it... one swimmer who I want to shit all over. This is very much like that. Maybe ten years it's ago, you the... suck. That's I want to say it was Texas A&M or ah. somebody she sued because she didn't get oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the, like, you it was wouldn't a have white gotten woman yeah. who got into uh, University of Texas mm-hmm. or something and said uh, affirmative. Or I'm sorry, she didn't get in and she blamed affirmative action. It's like. Honey, that's not why and, you're and not And they were like, they literally said, it's not that we didn't have enough space. You do not qualify <laughs> to be in this school. Yeah. Wait, I want to, trans swimmer, I just want to get her name. So we're not Leah just, Thomas. Leah Thomas. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, let me get to this last story. Oh, guess what? Caitlin, Caitlin Jenner says trans swimmer no, Leah no. Thomas is not the right for winner of NCAA title. Caitlin Jenner, oh. crawl okay. back into the hole where you came from. Caitlyn Jenner and what's the abortion guy? Mark Robinson. Two two sides of the same coin. Caitlyn Jenner. I want everybody to respect me and treat me by my gender. And I was an athlete. Blah blah blah. blah. Oh, but not like that. Yeah. God, go fuck yourself, Caitlyn Jenner. God, how did we end up with the most famous trans person in America being a fucking racist transphobe asshole? <sighs> so the Babylon Bee posted something funny for once. Babylon be the conservative quote unquote humor program. That's right. They posted something hilarious. It said they think they're the onion, but they're uh-huh. the nothing. Uh huh. Okay. It's they posted a picture. Oh, the guy who like founded the site or runs the site uh, posted a picture that says, "Hi, the Babylon B. Your account at the Babylon B has been locked for violating the Twitter rules." And why did they get banned from Twitter tell me, or tell locked me, tell out? Tell me, tell me, Because they made the one joke that's the only joke they know. The attack helicopter? Diff- yep, oh. yep, yep. Oh, I identify as X? Uh, it's an anti-trans thing. Yep, it's the only joke they know, which is the version of I identify right. as something. In this case, they said the Babylon Bee's man of the year is a trans woman. And so they named a trans woman. Like, haha, she's the man of the year. We're funny because we're, we're like conservative christians so they made this joke basically uh misgendering a trans woman was it a real trans person oh yeah yeah. Uh, rachel levine in the government man of the year is oh yeah yeah yeah. she's yes yes yes. is their headline twitter locked them out good and they basically the the first time twitter has taken a stand they're okay they're better than youtube they're better than facebook for sure but twitter says if you delete the tweet um then uh, the clock will start like 12 hour lockout oh. after you delete the tweet. Um, and basically Seth Dillon, who runs the site says we've been locked out for our hateful conduct. And then adds, um, we, we are told, we are told our account will be restored in 12 hours, but the countdown won't begin until we delete the tweet that violates the Twitter rules. We are not deleting anything. Truth is not hate speech. If the cost of telling the truth is the loss of our Twitter account, then so be it. As if he's doing like a Braveheart speech or something. But by the way, just to point this out, the argument everyone makes about the Babylon Bee is, well, you're not funny. Uh You only have your like punched down, Uh not funny, quote unquote jokes. When you're defending the status quo, it's really hard to be funny. No, we're satire. We're so funny. And then what's this guy's tweet? Truth is not hate speech. You're basically admitting you're not fun. Like it wasn't even a joke. You were right. You're just being an asshole. You're just being an asshole. And now you're so defending this anti-trans quote-unquote truth that you're saying that they just lost their Twitter account, which, by the way, is what they want because they want to be able to say we're martyrs. Of course, they love 
have been murders. Uh, but it won't work because, like a murder. because this is the thing about right-wing social networking sites, social uh, yeah. sites like Donald Trump's one. They don't want to talk to each other. The only thing they enjoy is trolling liberals. 100% they don't correct. like talking to other conservatives. <laughs> Did you hear Ben Shapiro wants to start conservative Disney? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he- oh, I just looked at the greatest monolithic entertainment company that has ever existed in the history of the world. I'm going to go ahead and recreate that. Yeah. But worse. Like, yeah, no worse. problem. Like, are you, what do you? They can't even make Christian movies that are funny, They're like, or so interesting. Bad. What do you think Christian Disney World, conservative Disney World is going to be like? It's going to be the I've seen Mike Ar- Huckabee's Ar- animated shows. There are some. Mike Huckabee has what? Oh, oh he does. Does Go. he do the voiceover? He sometimes does narration. Others do it too. But it's all like the uh, propaganda, like history propaganda of like, what's wrong with like our founding fathers? Nothing. That's what. Let us tell you how amazing they were and how perfect the Constitution is and why everything should revert back to 1776. Is a living document. And don't worry about the amendments. None of them matter after number 10. Nope. Nope, there are no amendments after the 10th. They know women couldn't get checking accounts until the 70s. Nope. Like, like I when when people talk about oh things were so good back then, like really and truly, are they aware of like little things like that? Of like I could not get myself a checking account. Mm-hmm. Do they are they aware no. of that and don't care, or don't care. are they don't so care, ignorant don't know. of history that they they look at a Norman Rockwell painting and assume that that is historically accurate? <laughs> right? Like, is that yeah. what it is? Do they re- like that's what? I think this is going to be the thing that drives me fully insane is I need to know who believes their bullshit and who doesn't. I ju- it's just something inside me I need to know because like I need to know if the president of the Mormon church actually thinks he's talking to God. Like Yes. But like like a chat, like a hey, what's up my dude? Like I or think like those he people has a think weird that dream. the ideas they have in their head that sound religious, Are they genuinely inspired. think God is putting that in their heads. I mean, I guess. So anyway, Babylon B losing their Twitter account because they want to defend the dumbest, lamest, worst joke anyone's uh, ever. In the hearings, what was going on with the what is a woman hashtag? Um, One of the, Marsha Blackburn, the senator from Tennessee, a Republican, basically wanted her position on trans people. Okay. And so asked the question, like, what is a woman? As if. Like, she wanted an answer that says, like, well... Has a vagina and boobs. That's the answer she wanted. Uh And Katanji Brown-Jackson is like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm just imitating what I assume she was thinking. Uh Didn't answer the question the way she wanted it to answer. Is like, do you want a biological answer? Because I'm not qualified to give you the biological one. Uh And you're not asking me a legal question. So, like, what what exactly do you want? And the the takeaway that Republicans wanted is... She can't answer a question like yep. this. My child could answer a question. Yeah, like, I saw Matt yeah, it's because your children was are dumb. Real concerned about that. Yeah. So that was the game that they were trying to play That's with that. Fun. I did because I click. I saw a couple people responding to it, and mm-hmm. then I just clicked on the hashtag, and it was literally just um, Matt Walsh. And yeah, like, I mean, it's one just anti-trans like, stuff. That's their. If, if they can't answer this question, right. what are they going to? Meanwhile, like one of was it John Cornyn of Texas was like asking about Obergefell, like because we want to undo that, mm-hmm. and then the dude from Indiana is like, yeah, interracial marriage should be left to the states. Yeah. 
Oh. Yep. Wait, oh, which, you said somebody from Indiana said yeah. that? You mean the worst state of the union? And they basically, so the follow-up was like, so that means a lot of red states would ban interracial marriage because you're Republicans. That is the sort of thing you would do. And he had to try to backtrack, like, well, I didn't mean it like that. I just think states should have all the power. That's, the thing, That's is, what would happen, though. That is the exact thing that, like, they talk about hypotheticals, and then when somebody's like, well, this is going to be the results. So, like, what? I, when I, Rand how Paul, when Rand Paul was running for Senate uh, back in the, it was a while ago now. Like uh, but he's libertarian, wants yeah. everything to be left to the states. And he was asked, like, so what if there was segregation at, like, lunch counters? Would you be fine with that if businesses said we don't want to serve black people? Whatever they want. And that's basically yeah, that's his fair. answer. Like, well, yeah, I mean, they it wouldn't be a good business decision, but they could do it. And it's like, good, we just want you to say that out loud. Yeah. And by the way, it didn't hurt him. It's Kentucky. It's conservative. Yeah. By and large. But yeah, that was his response at the time, and he had to play damage control after that. And it's the same way when, when people talk about, oh, um, the Civil War wasn't about slavery, it was about states' rights. <laughs> okay, well, what did you want your well, states, states to rights, be able to do? Yeah, what is the right they were fighting for, and do you think? And it's just, like, <laughs> just the amount of denial and naivete or yeah. or stupidity or ignorance. I mean, it really, it seems so conspiratorial to say that People in power are like making sure kids aren't learning history well, so they are not like going to try to change the status quo or whatever. Like, it sounds so conspiratorial, but I don't know what else to say. Like, people aren't learning history, and so they're just gonna keep repeating it over and over and over and over. And like, historians say that all the time. They're like, mm-hmm. I, I was just listening to somebody talk about criminal criminal history, and she was, she's a professor of criminology and she's like every time i read something from the 19th century i'm like i don't have any new thoughts about (laughs) things all the thoughts have been thought and so it's just like we need to learn from our past so we stop doing this bullshit over and over i'm so tired of it i also got a speeding ticket in indiana and i'm it's the first you're forever against indiana well it's the first ticket i've gotten in 20 years guess where the last ticket was indiana fucking indiana Fucking hate Indiana. <laughs> and I was on I was on um four sixty-five. I was going the flow oh my of God, traffic. This motherfucker. and then he was like, What's in your back seat? A pillow, sir. <laughs> Do you want to fucking rate it? I did have some weight in the car, so it's probably good that I didn't <laughs> sass him. Uh, last one for you. Oh, I, I just wanted we to we are gonna be done. This is two minutes long. Oh. Uh did you know it was this week was the tenth anniversary of the Reason Rally from twenty twelve? The first time we that is Hammond. true. Um, largest gathering of atheists, I yeah, think, in America. Yeah, 10 years. Um, 20 to 30,000 people were there. And I oh. don't I don't miss it. I don't care. I spoke at it. I don't care. It's not like a memorable, necessarily... Like, it hasn't aged well. And by that, I, I oh. mean, it was a, interesting for the moment in time that it was. Mm-hmm. Um the guy who organized it is now a red pill swallowing uh, right wing Silverman. The, oh, I forgot like, Silverman right? organized it. One of the head organizers, yes. I like, was thinking, that Paul didn't Provenzo age well. Is, and he, Paul Forenz is still chill. There were some people who were not bad that showed up, yeah. spoke. The group seemed to be doing fine, but there's not going to be another rally no, like no, no, that. No. They tried it again. It failed for a bunch of reasons. I don't think uh, we need to talk about it now. No. But uh, there's that unity never existed. But it was a chance to say we're atheists. Cool. That's one thing that unites us. I think if there's any takeaway from that, it's 
I don't really feel a need as much to say that because the demographics have gone our way. More people are ditching organized religion anyway, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't seem to matter as much as it used to, which in a way means that was successful in a sense. But also I've seen people online saying like, I wish we could do that again. No, nope, nope. There's no reason to. There's nothing that's going to unite us again because Mm -hmm. there's more than enough of us to fracture us, as is the case with any movement that Mm -hmm. is growing. Um, But it was just interesting, like, wow, that's a lot that's changed in 10 years. Yeah. Not all in bad ways, but also I just saw some reminiscing of people saying, like, we should do it again. That was a great time. It was a fine event. Yeah. But you're not going to see it again, and for good reason. And part of it is I don't think it's needed as much. Mm-hmm. All the activism vibes that you might have seen 10 years ago, I feel like they've been uh, dispersed into other causes that need activists more. And it's saying you're an atheist, whatever. It's not as big of a deal. I, obviously, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. your family structure, all that sort of stuff. I get it. It's not easy. But it's not as hard as it used to be. That's mm-hmm. anyway, just pointing that out. Uh, yeah, I went there. I'm, I'm sure I've told the story before, um, but Mikey and I were dating at the time and I picked him up from work on Friday. Um, he worked near O'Hare Airport. We drove to Washington, D.C., got there at like six in the morning, parked a car at like my friend's place and then hopped on a train and went right there. And then the next day drove home like um, but it was a really meaningful experience for me because I had not found that kind of community much. Um, yeah. it, it felt very, uh, I don't know. 2012 was an interesting time that like the threats were imminent, but not as like, um, in your face immediate, yeah. I guess. And so it felt a little more of like, Hey, let's like encourage people to be reasonable and, and, you know, follow science and, let me clarify one thing I said. Here's why it wouldn't happen again. If I said we're going to have another reason rally and we want voices of reason, that's who nothing. the hell would anyone choose? That's because that's nothing anymore. Yeah, what does that mean? It would It's now you do like we're talking about climate change. We're talking about, you know, uh pro-choice issues. Like at, at this point, it's like, yes, the... Put together a list of people you think represent atheists. Right. Good freaking luck with yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. But I got to see Tim Minchin live. That was my... That was... That it, was... it was also miserable. It was like <laughs> 45 degrees and raining. It was pretty shitty. But but yeah, it was oh, the first time we met. Yay! Yay! All right, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Blumke. Um, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. You can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Hemant, we can find you where? I'm at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support the show. Uh, I'm just going to go through. Uh, we've got some talking points for our next. Oh, shit. We have to get going. Okay. I'm going to yes. talk about Sherry Papini. I'm going to talk about uh, Twin Flames. I want to talk about some white savior bullshit that I pulled off. <laughs> Um, and envelope stuffing. Uh-huh. White savior. Got it. Yeah. Uh, it's all white right. savior bullshit. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. And you're going to make a lot of fun soon. of me. Bye. Bye.